Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome. Today, we're going to take it in with 2 Corinthians 5-7 using my step-by-step Bible study method, and you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I'm going to read it first in the NLT. It says, for we live by believing and not by seeing. So just a little background on the book of 2 Corinthians, and I find a lot of this using various resources in my Logos software, and you will find all the resources and references in today's show notes. But the author is the Apostle Paul, and the recipients are the Corinthian church. And Paul had been to Corinth and stayed for about 18 months, and we see that written about in Acts 18. And during this time, he had established the church. It's possible he visited again for a short time between the letters to the Corinthians, because there's a 1 Corinthians and a 2 Corinthians. The date is between AD 55 and 57. We don't know for sure how much time passed between the letters 1 and 2 Corinthians. The purpose of 2 Corinthians was to prepare the church for another visit from Paul. In 1 Corinthians 1.11, we see that Paul had received information about some conflict or uh, division in the church. And then in 2 Corinthians, the, the tone of the letter is more of gratitude for relief from that crisis. He also is writing about collecting support for the church in Jerusalem. Chapter 5, specifically in 2 Corinthians, according to the Enduring Word, has a theme of ambassadors for Christ. It's talking about the Christian's destiny. In verse 1, it talks about our existence in the world to come. Verses 2 to 4, our longing for the heavenly body. And then verses 5 to 8 talk about our confidence. And that's where we're going to camp out there in verses 5 to 8, specifically on verse 7. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, for we live by believing and not by seeing. So step one in the step-by-step Bible study method is to choose our word. And our word for today is believing or believe, depending on your translation that you're using. The English definition of believe is to accept something as true, to feel sure of the truth of something, or to hold something as an opinion, to think or suppose. The opposite of believe is to doubt, dispute, question, challenge, hesitate, fear, be uncertain, call into question, or harbor suspicion. I think it's so helpful to look at kind of the the 180 of what we're describing, because immediately, sometimes when I use the opposite, when I look at the opposite, I can feel this like give in my spirit, because what we're going to talk about is believing, right? We live by believing, not by seeing, but how often is the opposite true in my life where really I'm living because of my doubt, 
in God's promises. I'm living in question of God's promises. I'm challenging God's promises. I'm hesitating to believe God's promises, right? And I feel that sort of like instability, right? As I read those opposites. And so it helps me get just a closer connection, have a closer connection with what the word is already inviting me to examine in myself. Step two in the method is to investigate. We divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare the word in other translations. So believe in other translations is written in the ASV as faith and the CJB as trust. So I plugged that back in. And so it says, for we live by faith, not by sight. For we live by trust and not by seeing. Part two of the investigate step is to research the original word. If you go into the Strong's concordance, the Greek word or the the, the numerical, if you're a student of Strong's, is 4102, G4102, and it means persuasion or credence. It's a moral conviction of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or a religious leader, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. By extension, it is the system of religious truth itself, assurance, belief, faith, fidelity. I really liked what the Vines Dictionary said about the word. It says the main elements in faith is its relation to the invisible God as distinct from faith in man are especially brought out in the use of this noun. So the main elements of faith in its relationship to the invisible God separate from faith in man. That's what this noun is indicating, right? And these are the elements in faith in relationship to God. There are three of them. One, a firm conviction producing a full acknowledgement of God's revelation or truth. How fully do we acknowledge God's revelation or truth? Number two, a personal surrender to him. Number three, a conduct inspired by such surrender. So in order to have this living by believing, living by faith, living by trust. We have to have these things first, a firm conviction, a firm acknowledgement of God's truth, right? And then a personal surrender because we acknowledge that truth and then behavior or conduct that is inspired by the fact that we're willing to surrender because of our belief in that truth. Hey friend, I'm jumping in right here to let you know I'm currently accepting applications for the Steady On Internship Program. I will be bringing on new team members for the step-by-step Bible study, podcasting, newsletters, and the Ministry Co-op membership group. If you are a woman who desires to grow your expertise in speaking, writing, and ministry leading, a year-long internship with Steady On may be the next right step for you. During your internship, I will help you build skills to grow your ministry as you support me in mine. Details and a link to the internship application are in today's show notes. If you're even a tiny bit interested, I would absolutely love to talk to you more. And now, back to the show. Part three in the investigate step is to read a little bit of commentary, just kind of get a little bit more information about how Bible scholars and other people see this verse. And I have a couple of things I want to share with you from the Bible knowledge commentary. It says it is to live in light of ultimate rather than immediate realities. 
to live in light of ultimate rather than immediate realities, to be obedient to God's commands despite the hardships that obedience produces. I heard someone in the Christian writers, speakers community lately say something like about what we're doing, because sometimes, friend, oh my goodness, it gets so hard for me to believe in the work that I'm doing because I don't see, I I see a lot of fruit, but then it's really easy because when you just put something out in the world and you don't know where it goes, it's easy to doubt that there's any fruit at all. Right. And I hate that tension all the time of I I want to do so much. I want to do, I want to be obedient to the call of God on my life. And yet sometimes it feels so foolish. And I heard somebody say just recently that part of obedience is moving forward, even when it doesn't make sense on paper. And that's so true in what this commentary is saying. It's like it's focusing on the ultimate focusing on this conviction that God's truth is my truth, right? That God's word is true, that God, when he calls me to something, he's faithful, even when it doesn't make sense on paper, even when there are hardships, if you will, that are an outcome of stepping forward in obedience. Then Bible commentator Barnes says this, There's several sentences. It's just a little bit long, but I think it's really good. It says, to walk by faith is to live in the confident expectation of things that are to come in the belief of the existence of unseen realities and suffering them to influence us as if they were seen and suffering them, like inviting them, like dealing with them and allowing them to, allowing the unseen to influence us as if it were seen. The people of this world, continuing on with Barnes, the people of this world are influenced by the things that are seen. They live for wealth and honor and splendor and praise and for the objects which with with this world can furnish, as if there were nothing which is unseen, or if they ought to not be influenced by the things which are unseen. Like I was just saying about stepping out on obedience. It's like, I actually absolutely believe that there are benefits, that there are blessings, that there are things that come into our lives as believers that are not witnessable, is that a word, are not evident to people who don't understand that we make these decisions based on how God is calling us, not what brings us the most worldly accolade. The Christian, going on with Barnes, the Christian, on the contrary, has a firm conviction of the reality of the glories of heaven, of the fact that the Redeemer is there, of the fact that there is a crown of glory, and he lives and acts as if that were all real, as if he saw it all, or she, let's say that, right? And so we live based on the fact, and we act based on the fact, if everything we know about heaven is real, and we actually can see it. Part four of the investigate step is to attempt to rewrite the verse in our own words. And so I'm going to read it from the NLT again, just to kind of get back to the main thing, right? So the NLT says, for we live by believing and not by seeing. And I rewrote the verse this way. I have put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so I move forward in his example and not by why I, what I see in this world. I have put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and so I move forward in his example and not by what I see in this world. Most of the time. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? Some of the time, man, it's hard sometimes. It's hard. And the more we, I, I'll speak for myself, the more I experience what I call soul chaos, that temptation to want to rely on myself and my own strength and my own resources, rather than wait and trust in the promises of the almighty God, the more I will not do this or the less I will do this, right? I will put my faith in what I can see before I put my faith in what I absolutely know is true. And that is the dependability on the of the almighty God. Step three in the method is to find the character of God, the promises, the heart of God. And I wrote down a couple of things. I wrote down that God is true because I know what he's done in my heart and life. I can believe in who he is, even though I do not see him. And then I also wrote down that he lifts my head when I get focused on worldly goals and ambitions, God calls me back to live by eternal truths that bring peace and joy and rest. Step four in the method is to identify the lie. And if you're using one of the study sheets, the prompts for step three and step four are on that study sheet. But step four is to identify the lie. And we do this because it's so important to identify what gets in the way of this. Why do we struggle to live by faith and not by sight? Why is it so tempting to us, right? To immediately go to what we can see and touch and feel the tangibles, right? So we identify the lie. So that helps us grow. And I wrote down a couple of things. How can you depend on something you can't see and touch? I mean, that's just like this basic thing, right? Like, why are you putting so much faith? Why are you spending so many hours? Why are you making so many sacrifices for something that you can't even see or touch? And then the other one that I wrote down, what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong, right? What if you've done all of this and actually you're wrong? But then in order to speak to that lie, we go back to the promises and we have to just ask ourselves over and over again, do we really believe God is good? Do we really believe God is faithful? Do we really believe that God is present and active and at work in our life, even when we, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't always make sense. When I was studying to be a pastor, there was a question that's, that's asked along the way. One of the mentors asked, and he asked of me, is there anything else that you can do with your life? Mm, Makes me emotional. And I just said, no, there's nothing else I can do with my life. And be obedient to the call that even though I can't see it, I didn't get a memo. No one sent me an email. No one called me. And yet in the innermost part of my being, I understand this to be the call of God on my life. And so no, there's nothing else I can do. Come what may, (laughs) come what may, this is the path that I'm going to do my very best to be on and stay on and get back on when I happen to fall off. As we close up, step five in the process is called So What, which is where we write down a takeaway. And here is mine today. It says, I must stay alert to where I am placing my security and confidence in something other than Christ. The world will never offer me anything more than a temporary high or satisfaction. Only Christ will fill me with what I can grasp and hold on to him. Only Christ will fill me with what I can grasp and hold on to, even though I don't actually see it or feel it. I see it and feel it more than anything else in the world. Mm. Hey, I'd love to hear your takeaway. 
If God stirred in your heart as you were listening today, if you jotted something down, if something connected with you, I'd love for you to email and let me know. You can reach out anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be so grateful. It helps the show so much if you subscribe or follow the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll receive every episode. I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for the Live It Out episode with Christine Brown. Christine is going to be with us to describe um, a situation in her life. She talks about herself as being a chronic warrior. And she sat down with me to talk about how God helped her see how worrying really pointed to a lack of trust in him and how she's now working with him to strengthen that trust muscle. And her story will be our live it out on this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.